And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Hear that podcast growling, mean and angry. Hear that vocal shouting, it's Daner and Jay. It's Daner and Jay. All right, welcome to the latest edition of Hear That Podcast Ground. It's presented by Visa Network, working for everyone. Paul Daner Jr. and Jay Morrison of The Athletic are excited to be here working for you in our playoff preview edition of The Growler. What's up, Jay? One step closer. It feels like I haven't talked to you in a while. It's been, it's been what, 24 hours since we've got on these mics and, and talked about <laughs> Bengals Raiders? And I know. It's, it's, it, there, there's been a lot to get to this week, but um, I know Bengals fans are really, really gearing up and getting excited for this one. We're, we're closing in on the 48-hour mark, and uh, Saturday can't get here soon enough. No, uh, because there's just – it feels like we have dissected every portion of this game, but we're going to dive in again and dissect even more today. But we got a few more treats for you. <laughs> a few more treats for you. Uh, we have – first of all, uh, if you're not familiar with one of our uh, sort of flagship podcasts here at The Athletic, The Lead – um, Jay and I joined the lead. Uh, that episode is up now on the site. You can go, if you're not a subscriber to it, uh, just go to search the lead on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, you can of course find it here. Um, and it's, it's, it's kind of more for the general fan that maybe not be aware of everything. If you listen to this podcast, you might know specifically, but we're on there talking about the Bengals and of course the curse and, uh, this team and, and so much about that. So you can go and enjoy that episode. And if you don't, uh, subscribe people already highly recommend it great stuff you kind of get one big story for the day every day uh from around the site and uh so we're on there today go take a listen to that uh, i've got a story up one i've been working on for geez i think about a month now uh on what is the it factor in joe burrow what we hear about it you know he's got he's just got this special leadership this intangible what what is that I think I asked everybody I could. What <laughs> describe? Can you give me something to describe? I'm going to try to describe it because everybody says you just can't describe it. Well, I need you to, okay? Because uh, I'm going to try to. So I talked to a bunch of people in and around Burrow and, and what that has been exactly, kind of describing the it factor in Burrow and why it has meshed so well with this group and with this team and what it has meant for their rise. That is up on the site now. You can go give that a read and there's a lot more to talk about with that um jay's got a story up on 51 sacks and uh what that you went through every single one and you broke them all down watched every single one yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
So we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit more about that. You can talk, and it's and there's a meaning behind it about what you know because it's like oh, not every sack is. It's like every every interception has a story. Every sack has a story. How much of them are okay and that you can live with? How what is the real problem here? There's a lot to be discussed. That because the sacks number is ridiculous and it is held up over their head so often. And it is thought to be kind of the reason that this team maybe won't advance in the postseason, you know, as far as they'd like to. So it's important to really dive into all that. Now Jay's got that story up. Now we, of course, still have our story up talking to everybody uh, this year uh, around the team that's been around for the 31 years uh, about the history, the not, you know, the curse, yes, but, you know, the drought. We used the, I think we used, went to thesaurus.com and, and typed in drought and tried to use all of those to try to find different ways to <laughs> say it. Uh, but there's a, so there's a ton up on that story as well. Jay talked to Marvin Lewis um, about his view of watching this team. Uh, that's up on the site. Needless to say, there's a lot of Bengals content up on the site and we've done like 42 podcasts <laughs> so if you really if you need your Bengals content uh there is no shortage of it as we approach Saturday 4 30 Bengals Raiders it, I mean I if we're talking content I want some reciprocation here I want you guys to give me some content and I don't want to get too far ahead here and I, uh-huh. I I don't want to be a jinx or a curse or anything like that for those of you that believe in that kind of stuff but if the Bengals pull this off I know there's going to be a lot of you taking video if it comes down to the end if it comes down to a final field goal one way or the other make for the Bengals miss for the Raiders I know there's going to be a lot of you taking video. If if you post a video of your reaction, whether it's exuberation, tears, whatever it is, if you post any kind of reaction to social media of you celebrating a Bengals win, please tag me in it. I, I don't know what I'm going to do with them, but I want to see them. I love those kind of videos as it is, and I can only imagine the release that's going to happen. So we've given you all this content this year. Please take one day to to send something to me. You know, you can't. You can't just give, Jay. You got to receive, don't you? I mean, it's just <laughs> like complaining about your gifts on Christmas. It's just uh, – so you've got, you've got plenty of stuff there. We've got more for you. Uh, Vic Tafer, who covers the Raiders out in Vegas for us, comes. he's going to give us everything from the Vegas side of things. And you've asked for this, and I have planned this for this moment, and it came through is all I can tell you. Optimistic Bobby returns. He is on today's episode. Uh, we will get to that later. And I think he has the greatest analogy ever. We came up with the best way to put it for this week and what this weekend and this next month could possibly be. Um, that's all I'm going to say. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to tease it any more than that. I'm not going to tease it any more than that. I love it. Uh, all right. News. Uh, the only real news to come out of the week is essentially we have the always ominous Thursday Limited popped up on T. Higgins um, with a foot. Um, we do not know any more specifics than that. Um, everything else is good news, though. I mean, there everybody else, Ricardo Allen back to Limited, working his way through concussion protocol. Stanley Morgan went from out Wednesday to uh, being Limited 
and moving in the right direction. Josh Tupo didn't practice either day. looks like he won't be out, but again, we talked about Mike Daniels um, will probably just step in to that role. Everybody else, full participants. Akeem Adenogy, full participant. Quentin Spain, full participant. Uh, Evan McPherson is going to be fine, full participant both days. So everybody looks to be all hands on deck outside of Josh Tupo. The question will be over what exactly this limited with T. Higgins was, and we'll learn more about that as we get through today. Keep it locked to us on Twitter at Paul Daner Jr. at Jay Morrison ATH uh, to give you the info on that. Any other news, Jay? Um, does a weather report count as news? I mean, let's that's... dive into let's dive into weather because I I you know what I do think this is a relevant discussion, and sometimes I I scoff at weather as whatever. Mm. I mean, you know what what can you do? Everybody's out there playing in it. I think this is a relevant discussion. For, for Give me multiple some meteorology. Reasons. Give me some meteorology. What do you got? Where do we? Where have we? What's the latest? Well, I mean, it, 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 the high is supposed to be twenty-seven. The low of nineteen. It looked like earlier in the week it, there was a chance of precipitation. Now that appears to have pushed off to Sunday. But you're right. The weather is a big deal for a number of reasons. One, the the Raiders play in a dome, and you know Brian Callahan pointed it out that yes they they play road games in Denver and in Kansas City and sometimes those are in December so it's not foreign to them but you look at Derek Carr's numbers in cold weather they are not great at all and it's just what what really <clears throat> almost more than the Raiders the question for me is the Bengals because that game that they played back in November that it was such a different both teams were totally different back then and, and the Bengals game plan in that one was looked like a playoff game plan to just run the ball be more conservative pound it pound it let the let the damn break and we've talked a lot about how they've they flipped that script since the conservative turtling up in the San Francisco game in overtime they've just given the ball to Joe Burrow and let him go C- can you do that in this weather or does the weather dictate that you go back to the game plan that you had against the Raiders back in November and just ride Joe Mixon and hope, hope your defense keeps it close and ride Joe Mixon for as long as it takes until the dam breaks. I mean, the Kansas city game was cold. Am I mistaken? <clears throat> right. Was it this cold? Was it? I thought it was. No, I mean, not this cold, but it wasn't right. warm. I mean, it was cold. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not like it was 50. I mean, you know, I, it, the Kansas city game and, and, they had no problem slinging it there for 446. So, or, you know, I mean, you're talking about, I, I don't, I don't think whether outside of wind mm-hmm. for the Bengals will inhibit or should change what their game plan should be. Um, but I, I do think when you, I mean, you look at, you know, coming West Coast to East Coast on a short week playing in conditions they're very much not used to. I mean, Derek Carr has played in, forget 27 degrees, five games in his whole career where it has been colder than 30, 37 degrees. Only three that have been below freezing. So it's, you know, it's yes, they play in Kansas City and Denver sometimes in December, but this, I mean, he's been around for a while. We're making a big deal about how many games he started. This is his first playoff appearance. And it's going to be in a conditions that he's just not super used to. Um, you know, I kind of asked Zach Taylor about the coldest game that he'd ever played in <laughs> uh, when we talked the other day. And he ends up going through 
this whole life story about a cold Big 12 championship game that he lost that he wasn't happy I brought up, and then practices when he was in the CFL as the four-string quarterback in Winnipeg, and how he would just put on like ski gloves and shot put the ball just to try to get through a practice because he knew nobody cared about him. Two hoodies. And and it was great. I mean, but he also then talked specifically about it really is different throwing a ball in the cold. I mean, the the balls are harder, they're slicker, it just feels different on your hand. And and so there there is an adjustment period and you've got Joe Burrow, a guy who grew up in Ohio, played at Ohio State and hasn't played, I mean, played in plenty of cold games. Um, really, LSU was his only time out of the cold. And then you've got a team that plays in Vegas and that plays in a warm weather climate. And for the, and Derek Carr, who's only played three games below freezing, and none of them have gone particularly well. I mean, they're 0-5 in the five games he's played, 37 degrees. They've never scored more than 17 points. And only one game did he have a passer rating over 78. In, if, you're, if you're looking at that small sample size, I don't know if that'll mean anything. I mean, whatever. He could come in here and be great, and who? Nobody's gonna be talking about the weather afterwards. But those are facts. Like mm-hmm. that—that that is a small sample size. But I also think that in this case, when you do look at how different it will be from the way where Vegas normally plays and where how Derek Carr is normally played, I think that I think there's some relevancy there. Yeah, and for Burrow too, does he does he wear a glove? Do we see kind of that situation where when he when he hurt his pinky and he was trying to put the glove on and he finally threw it aside? Does he wear the glove, have a bad series, throw it aside, go barehanded? Just a a lot. The receivers um, catching the ball, they wear their gloves, but running those routes, taking a hit in cold weather, that people have talked about how you just feel that so much more. Um, it It's going to be a factor, and you're right. It's a factor for both teams, but – the the really I, people hammer on the Bengals all the time about not having an indoor facility, and they had the option this week to go to UC and practice in the bubble. And Zach Taylor said no. If it was raining or snowing, they would have done it to get good work in. But they they wanted to practice outside this week in the weather that they're going to be playing in. And I just I, I think Vegas history aside, just the fact that they've been practicing in this and it's been a little warmer the last couple of days but the, I, I I just think it's a little bit of an edge and when you're talking playoffs any little edge you get is significant yeah um kickoff against Kansas City was technically 38 degrees uh in that game one o'clock and, game in the sun so this will be much because you know 27 for the high on Saturday well the game will be played into the night. You'll actually you'll have real feel in the teens, and you know you'll be you'll be closer to that than anything. Yeah, because it'll that twenty seven is going to hit probably about three o'clock by kickoff. You'll probably be down twenty six, twenty five, and once the sun goes down, it'll it'll drop a lot quicker. By the end of the game, it very well could be twenty or approaching the teens. Yep. Um, this has been your meteorology report with uh, <laughs> Doppler five. All right, let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Let's talk a little bit about playoff expectations for Joe Burrow. I was kind of, as I was doing this week in Bengals, um, you know, you guys know, and, and if you followed this year and you know, season previews and talking about Burrow in the year two jump. I harped a lot on adjusting net yards per attempt as really just a key metric to show real true winning football at the quarterback position. It, it has done, it brings in sacks and interceptions and touchdowns to help calculate beyond just yards per attempt. And Joe Burrow ended up leading the AFC and was second in the NFL in adjusted net yards per attempt this year. And we talked about how this is where the champions come from. Like this is this is where the teams that are playing towards the end of the playoffs, this is where they come <laughs> from. It's the stat you see most. Um, I wanted to point out that when you go and you look at adjusted net yards per attempt, um, I went back and looked through the last five years and you look at the top adjusted net yards per attempt quarterback for each league and what their postseason run looked like. Um, seven of the 10 quarterbacks ended up reaching the conference championship game. Drew Brees in 2019 is the only one in the last three years not to make it to the conference title game. And, you know, think about that. I mean, that that is the... That's what these quarterbacks do. I mean, when you when you have a season like this, when you have a quarterback playing at this level, uh, you know, across the conference, it's where you end up at least. Now, you've had a bunch that have made it to the Super Bowl. Um, Tom Brady and Matt Ryan back in 2016 both made it to the Super Bowl and played against each other. You know, Mahomes has made it to the Super Bowl a couple times, leading his Rodgers. So you're you're talking about, you know. That's the expectation. That's where you should end up. When you have a quarterback playing at this level, it's where you should end up. History recently has shown that, and I think it's fair to expect that out of this out of this team when you've got a quarterback playing like this as you know in comparison to the rest of the conference. So you said he's second in the NFL, who's first? Rodgers? Rodgers, that's what I mean. Yeah, Rodgers yeah. is number 1. 
So, he's I at seven point five one is his number, which is actually the lowest of anybody any one to lead a conference in the last five years. Um, I think that speaks to the uneven openness of this conference this year you know i mean you had that mahomes had that half a season I mean, you look at if you look at the back half you'll see more of typical mahomes numbers but he had that half a season where he wasn't the same and there's been josh allen regressed you know you haven't seen any other quarterbacks really put up huge numbers um that have been consistent across the whole year and, and that's why burrow has kind of shown up uh, in in this regard and as you said, they, that that stat takes into account sacks and and interceptions, and they the Bengals have been high on one end, and they've been low lately. I mean, Burrow four straight games without an interception, that that is a winning formula, obviously in the postseason. Um, I, I guess what you're saying is Bengals Packers Super Bowl. I'm not saying that. We will get to that. We will have our full playoff predictions at the end of this episode. We'll obviously predict this game, but we will have our full playoff predictions at the end of this episode, Jay. I don't want to give away where I land, okay? You don't want to give away where this thing ends, all right? Just take your time. Calm down. We'll get to that. I'm just pointing out, you know, the way the Bengals are constituted is the way teams that make runs are constituted right now. That's what I'm saying. And I think that's the important part of this. Um, one other thing that I just that – just another number that I ran that I just think is important, hashtag Paul's got stats. You, you look at – we talked a lot about the insane number of Burrow with 15 touchdowns of at least 30 yards this year, which is just crazy. Um since we go back through true media goes all the way back to 2000 since the turn of the century that is the most of any quarterback in any season the next most is 13 happened three times andrew luck in 2014 tom brady in the perfect season in 07 and 2000 dante culpepper with randy moss on that team those all had 13 burrow had 15 touch you just witnessed Bengals fans the most explosive passing season basically in NFL history I mean it's it's unbelievable what what Burrow and this offense was able to do and remember last year I mean remember training camp we were like tracking if they would ever connect on a deep mm-hmm. ball because it was like this is the thing they need to fix this is what they were missing last year they're supposed to be fixing this we haven't seen hardly any in training camp every day it was like oh this was a deep ball that didn't hit this is a deep ball that dropped is this team really going to be explosive not only were they explosive they were basically the most explosive passing attack you've ever seen and what's important to remember there too is it's not sometimes when you see a number like that that's so far above everybody else it's kind of that that one trick pony notion and that's not been the case. I mean, they have a good running game. They they are able to to attack teams other ways and even the even the long ones, those 15 long ones are not just throwing bombs down the field. They are short passes. You, I think of the Baltimore game with Jamar Chase, the Kansas City one that may be remembered as the play of the year for this team in the regular season when they were about to get blown out and he takes a short pass and runs away from everyone. They they're they're getting their long touchdowns in different ways and and they're they're not just totally reliant on the deep ball and that that will serve them well in the postseason as well because 
you, you can talk about it all you want. You, you, no matter how good your passing offense is, you're still going to have to run the ball in the playoffs, either to establish it early or to finish it off late once you get the win. Yeah, I mean, I think I think a key for this team is is certainly going to be efficiency in the running game. I, I don't think they need to be a great running team to win games in the postseason. I mean, I think that Burrow has shown that they can do enough in the passing game where they don't have to have it. It's what makes them totally scary when they do mm-hmm. have that. Um, and yes, the ability to put teams away uh, with it is is important, and and to more importantly to keep Burrow out of passing situations, second and super long, third and long. Keep him out of those situations so you don't expose your weakness, specifically against the Raiders. It's it's where we, we talked about this against Kansas City too. You know, it's not about um volume. This is not a volume thing. It is a efficiency thing. It's where this team is best because of their ability to keep themselves out of situations where it's second and nine it's third and nine or eight, and they know you're throwing, and they can just attack your weakness uh, is really what kills them, and it takes the efficiency out of your game, out of your pass game, and brings the sacks into play, and, and that's where you can get derailed offensively here. If you, if you are efficient, if you're getting four or five yards per carry on when you do run it on first down or second down, and you have the option to run shorter stuff, to hand off whatever uh, on those on those second and third downs, you keep them off balance. You keep them from just thinking they're just going to get right after you, and it makes everything more efficient, and it, it minimizes your obvious weakness, and that's, that's really important. Jay, let's talk about sacks, though, because you've obviously done a lot. What, what was – when we look at – the Bengals, I, I love our, our guy, Ben Baldwin, uh, computer cowboy on Twitter, mm-hmm. who does a lot of our analytics stuff. And he had the, the final kind of pass pro ratings had the Bengals finish 28th in the league. Um, here's an interesting thing about those pass pro ratings. They, they combine um, you know, ESPN has their pass block win rate and PFF has their grade for pass protection. And he kind of combines those two into a number to get a, a general whole. Um, of the top 10 teams in pass pro eight are in the playoffs the only two that aren't are the Washington football team who had a truly horrific quarterback situation mm-hmm. and the Cleveland Browns who Same. have a lot of other <laughs> horrific situations that are hard to really put into words what they went through this year the bottom 10 teams in pass pro have exactly Two teams in the postseason out of the 10. The Bengals and the Titans, both who had very effective running games, and the Bengals who had a quarterback who sort of offsets that with the magic that he's able to create. It just goes to show how high the degree of difficulty in creating that adjusted mm-hmm. yards per attempt number has been. And, and one, before you just say, obviously, give this man a line and look to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yes. But I mean, it also shows. I mean, they're they really are overcoming a lot here, and it is not easy. This is extremely hard to do to have this kind of a weakness on your team and still be sitting here at this spot in the postseason. And 
the the thing about the the number is in every every coach is going to say this um you know they're they're not all quote legitimate sacks there's there's times when they're in four minute mode and trying to run out the clock and they'll run a naked bootleg and oh there's there's somebody right there and 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 burrow just slides to a knee and and goes on to the next player there's ones where he scrambles out of pocket and gets out of bounds for a one yard loss or at the line of scrimmage and that goes as a sack but i mean every team has those so you're you're still looking at the volume and and there are a lot I, i think one of the more interesting things, and you kind of talked on it before about run game efficiency, is it's it's not the third down sacks that matter. It's it's the ones on first and second down that put you behind the chains and are so hard to overcome. And the, the Bengals have had a situation where you, you take out the third and fourth down sacks and, and get those out. And, and you look at the rest of them, when they take a sack on first or second down, they're surviving to move the chains and get another first down despite being in a bad situation 38% of the time. That is wow. – and I, I can't see where that ranks because – there's not a, a metric to to look that up. You have to go through and look through every game book and see look find the sack and then see if they got the first down later in that possession. I asked Zach Taylor and he he said, you never want to say 38% is good, but if you're being realistic, that is good. To be able to overcome 38% of those. And the other thing that really kind of surprised me when, when talking to him and Brian Callahan is – Everybody says what you don't want is the free runner. You you don't want that. You don't want a missed assignment where a guy is just coming free. And with Joe Burrow, he almost invites it. Brian Callahan said, as long as he knows where that guy's coming from, he doesn't care if he's free. He he feels like he can manipulate the rush angle. He can spin out of it, step in toward it do what he needs to do to make that guy miss. And then we've seen how good he is at making plays off script. And, and a lot of times that's where that happens. If, if you go back and look, there there haven't been a lot of sacks where it's just been a guy teeing off on Joe Burrow. A lot of times it's the pocket collapsing, and, and they, they t- both talked about how smart he's been about just kind of covering up and going down and you minimize the chance for a, a hard hit that's going to impact you later. You minimize the risk for a fumble and you just live for the next play. It's almost the same as throwing the ball away, except you're losing six or seven yards instead of going back to the line of scrimmage. But there, there's as bad as sacks are, it seems like they've been able to to overcome them, whether it's letting a free guy come or whether it's taking one on first down and all of a sudden you're in second and long and you've got two plays to, to get it back. And even the second down sacks, there've been four times this year that they've converted third or 14 and longer. And everybody remembers the, the third and 27 against the chiefs. It's just, it's another element to Burroughs game where things don't have to be lollipops and gumdrops. If he gets in bad situations, you had this in, in your story where he embraces the fight. He embraces the hardship. He wants it to be tough. He wants to overcome things and he's doing it, and it's you, you. You worry about the bulk of it. It's not just the fifty-one sacks, but he, there's been one hundred and two hits. There have been fifty-one hits that were not sacks, and you worry about the toll on that. 
but that was another thing that they talked about is it's you hear people talk about how a quarterback's clock speeds up and and it's not so much the cumulative effect over the course of a season it's more if you get rattled two or three times early in a game then maybe the rest of that game you speed up a little bit and they they just said that that's that's not burrow he plays quarterback like a linebacker doesn't mind the contact he doesn't want it obviously but every time something bad happens in regards to a sack he gives you a chance to overcome it and I, I think that's a big reason why they're in the playoffs despite giving up 51 sacks or 55 sacks 51 to burrow right and will be a big difference on Saturday. I mean, you know, if you're talking mm-hmm. about a team that has the ability to get sacks and get after you, you know, how you overcome them, not having them totally beset you and have them not turn into turnovers is really the big difference in this game for a team that has been the Bengals so much better lately at not turning the ball over. You know, I mean, early in the career, we saw so many of these sacks and, and hits on Burrow would turn into strip sacks or they would turn into a ball that he tries to throw anyway and gets tipped up into the air or whatever. I mean, you know, I think that's been part of the evolution too. Is understanding understanding that it some that it, maybe it is okay to take some uh, of of these sacks, and that number piles up, and everyone screams and yells, and they should because the line has to protect better. They have to fix that in the offseason, but that's a different story. The point is that you know, I think on in in a game like Saturday, you're. You don't have to be totally terrified of the fact um, that the Raiders can absolutely get after you, and that, that he you can still overcome it. And this guy has overcoming. That's all uh, important stuff there. All right, let's just take a quick break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Jay, let's get to your conversation with Vic Tafer, and we can start jumping even more specifically uh, into Saturday's game. So let's bring out our guy, one of our tag team, Sean Reed, also with Vic out there in Vegas. does an incredible job and talk about where, where the Raiders are at and the expectations from that side coming into Cincinnati uh, this weekend. All right, we're going to head out to Las Vegas right now and talk to our Raiders insider, Vic Tafer. And Vic, how are you doing today? Doing good, man. How you doing? Doing well. Looking forward to this matchup, but I don't know if there's any chance it could compare to what you saw Sunday night. I mean, you've been covering the league for a long time. Where does that game rank among the best you've covered? Yeah, definitely top five, man. I've definitely seen uh, so many Raiders collapses over the years that the way they blew that lead, uh, I was kind of, I mean, you hate to say I wasn't surprised, but I wasn't like, oh, guys were numb and people were in shock, but fans were dead silent. But I've seen that before. So, uh, 
you think that they kind of turned the corner than they hadn't, but they, you know, they came back and won the game. I thought it was, um, yeah, it definitely shows that they're kind of the resolve, the defensive strengths. You saw Max Crosby be flying all, all over the field, which he has all year, been a, a huge reason why they're going to the playoffs. So I think, um, yeah, it, it was a great game. I've noticed that they they do walkthroughs on Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, you know that how how significant is that disadvantage of playing such a long, crazy game on a Saturday night and then or a Sunday night and then getting saddled with with the first game on Saturday? Yeah, it's not ideal, but I think at this point they probably feel like I mean to use a Vegas term, they're kind of playing with house money. Like they've gotten they won four in a row. People thought they were you know dead after that Chiefs blowout. Now they kind of came back and made the playoffs. I think they kind of feel like the running game's coming around finally after a year uh, struggled to run the ball. Josh Jacobs looks good. The O-line looks good. I think they're, they're, in, they're in a good spot. They kind of they have the momentum going, and they kind of feel like they're uh, they're playing their best ball right now. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that. They were 6-7 and seven after that Kansas City loss. I mean, w- was there a significant change the, uh, scheme-wise or something – you mentioned running the ball. I mean, anything that you can really put your finger on that they've, they've done so much better over the last four? No, I think they've done a – I mean, running the ball definitely has been huge. I think they've done a good job as far as uh, defense, communication, and the secondary has gotten better. But I think really it was kind of those uh, – you know, the NFL is such a weird, weird deal with the season, the way it goes. I think this year, especially, like the game against the Chiefs ends, I think they're done. They play the Browns, who are decimated by COVID. Browns had no one playing, had, you know – Nick Mullins is the quarterback. He's pretty bad. So that was kind of a gift. The next week, they um, they face uh, the Broncos. You know, Bridgewater's out. Drew Locke was terrible. So it's another little break there at home. And then the next week, they play Carson Wentz, who had COVID, and then practiced the entire week. And his rush definitely showed in that game. Made some really bad play. So you take advantage of what's ahead of you. And you all you can do is win. You can't really control who you play. But they've, uh, again, they've had some confidence and some resolve late. And they kind of, uh, Kind of willed their way to get to this point. Because they have, do you think Rick Rich Basaccia should get any votes for coach of the year and any chance of them taking the interim tag off him? Coach of the year thing, I, I think, is tough because there are some you know, guys who I think have uh, built some standout resumes this year. I think with Rich, it's kind of like a package deal. I think he, he himself gives so much credit to the coordinators, Gus Bradley and, and Greg Olson. I think it's kind of those guys you know, make the game plans and call the play. So I think it's more of a group dynamic to have going for him. As far as the long-term uh, you know, prognosis and if he gets a full-time job, definitely his chances improve every week. Definitely, I think the players have shown and said they really believe in him. It's a very tight-knit coaching staff, which you can tell as far as getting their message across. So uh, I think if they – I mean, I'm – I would say if they, if, they, if they win, but if they even – if this game on Saturday is close, it's a close loss, I would think he probably is back. I think Mark Davis probably seen enough as far as uh, that this is heading in the right direction again. I know it's hypothetical, but you think they're here? You think they're in the playoffs if, if the Gruden thing never happens? That's a great question. Uh, so much happened with Gruden and then with the Henry Ruggs you know, um, situation. I mean, it's so hard to, to figure what – you know, could have happened if things were different, but um, um, it's really hard to say. I, I mean, I think that Patasia and Greg Olson have done a nice job with the offense. I think Derek Carr is taking more chances. I think he's throwing the ball deep more often and kind of going for the PI calls, going for the defensive holding calls. Those are huge on Sunday night. I'm not sure that happens with John Gruden here. John Gruden's more of a 
you know, please check it down, don't turn it over kind of guys. I'm not sure John Green would love the off the back foot, you know, heaves into the end zone uh, at the end of the first half. So it probably would not be the same. Um, but um, again, the coaching staff, besides Gruden, is still intact. So you want, you'd like to think that it would be the same result. You know, going back to the run game, I I don't want to go all old takes exposed here on you. Uh, that would be yeah, rude yeah. of me to ask you on. But after that game, after the 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 Bengals game, you you wrote that they should abandon the run, and and they yeah. got they got better. Did did they get more efficient, or did they did they just commit to it more, and that they got they got more yards because they were running it more often? I mean, what what tack did they take there? Yeah, they just committed to it more. I think they, uh, you know, Tom Cable's had some success as an O-line coach. I think he, he this bunch he put together is kind of a, you know, a makeshift bunch, but a lot of young guys, and they got a little better. I think Josh Jacobs really turned the corner as far as, I don't think he started running harder, but I think he kind of ran with a purpose more than just kind of, at first he was kind of doubting his, his blockers, not really having confidence in where he should go. And, but now he's, really, I think, I think running the ball a little harder. So I think, um, so I think, yeah, I was definitely wrong. I think my my, my analysis was incorrect. <laughs> or they could have they could have won six in a row had they abandoned the run. Yeah, maybe maybe exactly. you were right. <laughs> maybe I was right. But uh, yeah, I also think that I think um, maybe at the time I thought they thought uh, Deshaun Jackson might be more of a factor. He really hasn't been yeah. in play very much this last week. So I think they're not their weapons are receiver. I mean, Ballers been out for five weeks until last week, and so I was saying the number, the number one guys are Zay Jones and Hunter Renfro who. Renfro's had a great year, but that's not really tough um, matchups uh, physically for opposing defenses. So I think that uh, you look at that, and maybe that's another reason why you, you double down and make sure you can run the ball. A lot of angst in Cincinnati about Crosby, Crosby and Ngakwe and, and what they can do against this Bengals O-line that has given up multiple sacks in 10 straight games. That's the longest active streak in the league. Uh, second longest active streak in the league is is the Raiders have given up multiple sacks in nine straight games. Um, where where are they more vulnerable? Is it is it the tackles out on the edge or is it the interior? Tackles have done a nice job. I think uh, Quentin Jefferson had like a lot of pressures last week inside. I think um, one big loss for them was in this game against the Chargers. They lost uh, Darius Phylon, who's been really uh, had a great month uh, of inside pressure and. Uh, and he kind of plays with, 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 with the anger, which the, it really spreads to the rest of the defense. But he hurt his knee pretty bad. He's cut it off. So he's out for the year. So they have to replace him in the middle. Jonathan Hankins still has a bad back, so he's not like, going to play a lot. So I would definitely think they're probably – it's just like the first matchup. They're vulnerable to the runs inside with Mixon. And Mixon can definitely have another big day and, and wear him down like he did the first time. What about that Raiders offensive line? Are our teams attacking them up the middle more so than off the edge, or is it a little bit of everything? A little bit of everything. Still, I mean, they've gotten better, but it's still not good. And definitely, I think Derek Carr, who got uh, hit really hard several times in that game on Sunday night, so you definitely can get to him. I think the, um, whether it's uh, – he's, he's pretty good against blitzes, so you shouldn't blitz him too much. He gets the ball, gets rid of it pretty quickly. But, yeah, definitely uh, there were some inside rushes that got to him uh, on this, this past week. You know, the, the Bengals players are, are getting sick of all the questions this week about the 30-year the playoff drought and the curse of Bo Jackson and that whole thing. I'm, I'm wondering, is, is the, the the question that's bugging the Raiders players, are, are they getting asked a lot about Dome team going and playing in the cold? How do you think that will affect them? They really haven't. I think, uh, you know, historically, Derek has not been great in cold weather, but that question has really not been asked this week. Everyone's kind of just uh, – 
I want to say cloud nine, but the uh, you know, Vegas media is you know, loving this whole playoff thing. So I think it's very, very positive. I think um, and more so people are more excited about you know, Darren Waller. He, he came back last week and was a little rusty, but he looks like he's going to be back and, and fully healthy for this game this weekend. So it's more about optimistic things than, than there are about you know, reasons to, uh, to doubt their team this weekend. It's six walk-off wins this year, four in overtime. I mean, it's crazy. Anytime a team wins a championship, you always look back and say, well, this was the game they should have lost, and they pulled it out. And, I mean, does it feel like they've got some sort of magic going, or is it almost uh, kind of a sense of the law of averages is eventually going to catch up to them? Yeah, I'd probably say the second one. But you have to give him credit because, I mean, Derek Carr's always been really good in the two-minute offenses. He's always, or even in a bad year, he's always been good at that. And I think Daniel Carlson has become one of the best kickers in the league. He's got a huge leg, so he's good from uh, 55 in. So, And the defense this year, I mean, they have their moments where they'll, they'll, they'll get, like this last game, they give up 15 points at the end of the game to kind of blow that lead. But they still make plays when they have to. I think the pressure from the front line is pretty good. I think Denzel Perriman's a playmaker and linebacker. He's one of the Pro Bowl. So there's enough there defensively. They can get the stop they need at the right time, usually. usually. So what do you, if you had to pick one or two things that you feel the Raiders have to do to, to spring the upset in Cincinnati, what what's at the top of that list? Yeah, well, number one, stop the run. They gotta, I'm not sure how they do it if they, they stack the box, but I think that when, especially with um, Phylon and, and Hank is not being 100%, that'd be my main concern. If, if, if somehow I gotta slow down Joe Mixon. And then, two, I think you, you talked about Ngakwe and Crosby. I think, you know, the pressure has to be there. And if you can get to, to Burrow and rattle them, I, I think then you have a shot. So I think all my focus is on defense. I think the offense will, will score enough points to be in this game. The defense has to really, I think, make a stand and, and make some more plays than, to get this upset on, uh, on Saturday. Really intriguing, interesting matchup for two teams that just played a couple months ago. It feels like forever ago, and they've both changed so much. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this and looking forward to catching up with you in the press box. I appreciate you jumping on with us today and have safe travels into Cincy. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. All right. Always good to catch up with the other side and great stuff uh, from Vic there. Anything stood out to you, Jay, from that conversation? Yeah, I didn't want to do it, but I had to do it. I mean, it, after that game out in Vegas and, and he wrote where, oh, they just need to basically do what the Bengals did, just abandon the run and just start letting Derek Carr sling it around. And, and they did the exact opposite. And that's probably why they're in the playoffs right now, because they got back to Josh Jacobs and, and he's been a factor down the stretch. And um, Vic admitted, you heard him. He said, I was wrong. Um, but that it, it's amazing how you that game doesn't seem that long ago. It was week 11. And these teams are so different just from that short time ago. Um, just re- really good stuff from Vic. Uh, looking forward to, to seeing how this is going to play out. I think we both kind of have our our thoughts on how it's going to play out, but it, you, you just never know going into these playoff games what you're going to see. Well, of course, Jay, you have stats on these playoff games and uh, some lines of demarcation that uh, we need to be looking out for. So I, I, I never want to keep people from their stats. So uh, <laughs> let's let's go. Start reeling off some stats for people to keep an eye on on Saturday. All right. Well, we'll, we'll start with, with sacks since we were just there. Um, and I only did the last six seasons, 2015 to 2020, just because the game has kind of evolved and, and numbers can be different if you go too far back. But teams that give up more than two sacks in the playoffs are 19 and 41. That's a 31.6 win percentage. 
give up less than three sacks, or you give up two two or less, it's 49 and 27, 64.4%. So that's that's where you're looking. It's not saying that the Bengals are going to lose if they give up three sacks, but if, if it starts getting up into that range, it really kind of decreases the chances. Um, the other thing we talked about with the run game, yards per attempt was all over the place. Total rushing yards was all over the place. And, and maybe some people might roll this their eyes at this stat because it does seem like, you know, if you get a big lead, you run the ball, your attempts are going to climb. But anytime you have a zero in a number, it's significant. And teams that run the ball 32 times or more in a playoff game are 30 and 0. So yeah, I I'm I'm with the eye yeah. roll community on this one. I, I it's just because teams get up and they run the ball. I mean, it's 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 I, not I think always, it's but a lot of times for the most part. For the most part, I'm with you. Zero is significant, but yep. I, I'm I'm an eye roll community on that one. Okay, well, so let's go to the passing side of things. Yards per attempt. The number there is 8.1. That's where you want Joe Burrow to be. Teams that have a quarterback that has 8.1 or better yards per attempt are 25 and 9 in the playoffs. And then the other big one that everyone knows about, the turnovers. And the number there is 1. You're you're good with 1. You get you get up in the 2 range and your win percentage goes down to 27.6%. And that's just that's just turnovers. That you you could neutralize that by getting some takeaways of your own, but just in terms of committing turnovers, one, it, it gets dicey. Two, you really, really reduce your chance of winning the game. You mentioned eight point one yards per attempt. Of course, Burrow um, led the NFL in that stat this year, eight point nine. Uh, three of the last four games for Joe Burrow have been up over ten. Uh, including exactly 11.4 each of his last two games. So, uh, you know, that's one where you feel like he should still be able to cook. But we do know that the Raiders, you know, they, they, they're all about limiting those explosive plays and, and how many of those happen might be a important part of what goes down this season. All right. Do you have some, can you give me some surprising stats, Jay? Um, I can. And, and this should worry Bengals fans. Right Uh now. I have one stat that will worry you right now. I have another stat that could create some serious angst about 6 o'clock on Saturday. Um, I went the last 10 years and looked at the wild card round of the playoffs. Home teams are 17 and 21 in the wild card round in the playoffs. It's not – you would think – Home field advantage would be a big deal in the playoffs, and it's not. It's actually the road teams win more often. Um, I, I found that I, I I didn't find it super surprising because you know from just watching that this is that can happen in these games. But to see it was under five hundred uh, really really was surprising. The other one here, <laughs> get ready for this. This one this one stunned me. Teams that trail by seven or more at halftime. And and this is, seven doesn't seem like a major deficit in a playoff game, but teams are three and 37 when you, wow. when you, they trail by seven or more at halftime. It's just, it's almost like there's no coming back from that. Um, even if you reduce that number and just say they trail by anything from one to 99, 10, 
and 53. And these are, this is the last six years also. It's just, I did, I only went back to 2015. But even if you, as long as you trail by any amount at halftime, it's 10 and 53. That's a 15.8% chance. We, we talked about the Bengals having slow starts. They seem to get it going in the second half. That's nice to to know you've got that in your back pocket. But I think it's going to be far more important for them to jump out to a lead and try to try to hold on just based on history because you, you do not want to have to be forced to battle from behind in the playoffs. Teams that reach this level are know how to finish. Mm-hmm. They're good at putting people away. Uh, you know, that's, that is typically the makeup of anybody playing this time of year. So yeah, I mean, that, that makes sense. That is still startling three and 37. Um, I mean, and you do get some blowouts this time of year. So maybe that's part of that too, but mm-hmm. still that's, um, that is some good stuff. Well, in case that you were worried a little bit and you were feeling a little nervous, we know how to offset that. Don't we? We always know how to offset any nervousness amongst Bengals fans, right? Calling our guy. Owner of 50 West Brewery, but Bobby Slattery, but better known as Optimistic Bobby. He's back. Felt like we needed to save him for this moment. You guys have been asking me a bunch to have him on. Uh, and so here we go. Here's our good friend, Optimistic Bobby. All right. Well, it only felt right that as one of these moments arrives for this franchise that we dip back in to and, and appreciate those that helped carry you through the dark times. And that's why we have taken this moment of all moments to bring in our friend, owner of 50 West, optimistic Bobby Bobby Slattery. What's up? Wow. Paul, I'm so happy to be back. <laughs> I, I mean, I can't. Is everyone okay in the house around you now? Have we have we made sure that? I mean, you, this is pretty yeah, early yeah. in the morning as we're recording. Uh, this. No, it's all it's all good. We're you know everybody, everybody's just up reading Bengals Twitter, getting excited. I just I'm excited to be back. I mean, for a second there, you know, obviously I've loved the season, but I kind of felt like maybe I was like that, you know, the girlfriend that you, you kind of go to when you don't have anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> no, you are the, you are the girlfriend that. You you're save like, for like the big me. dance. Yeah. This is like in Teen Wolf when, like, boo- I feel like a boof at the end of Teen Wolf when she she wins all over again. <laughs> it's probably too old of a reference for people. Yeah, I think I for, yeah, you know, for our younger day, I think our older, <laughs> older folks would appreciate that. You know, it's, we, we, we wanted to save you for the big. We don't want to wear it out. We want to make sure everybody knows that when, when you show up, it's special. And this just felt like the prime opportunity. When I reached out to you, I phrased it this way. It's that I just felt like that... You have been in the optimistic Bengals house forever, while others have not. And I think it's time for you to welcome everybody in, open the door, show them around what it looks like to be in an optimistic Bengals world. Hey, Cincinnati seems optimistic right now. I, I mean, I, I, you really can feel it. You, you obviously got the, the little lingering, the lingering, but I, you said it at the beginning of the season. It was very un-Paul Denner-like, but you said, when we talked about the predictions, you brought it up on your show the other day. And you said at the beginning of the year at 50 West, I remember it. I remember it being like, well, that's, 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 that's different for Paul. And you said, I, I feel like this team shouldn't have that many wins, but everyone has bet against Joe Burrow his whole life. And if you look at Joe Burrow's life, 
he's literally they've been wrong every single time uh and you, it's come true it <laughs> it's has. the greatest thing ever he's played, he's played incredible and this could be and this looks like it might be the next level for him and it's just crazy I'm just curious here's the thing about the optimism that I do feel and that does seem real and I think is and is is legitimate around is how much of you as a fan is just overdoing the optimism to sort of choke choke down the fright right like choke choke away the fear with just pure let's just talk about the good is that is, is there any of that going on no i don't I, you know what so okay so my, i got a nine-year-old kid and he this was his season okay beginning of the year we did we did this whole season together in the beginning of the year you know he's nine so his, his my nephew's a Packers fan, so he would remind him, like, look, your Bengals stink. They're terrible. So my son's like, Dad, they're not good. They lose, whatever. And I kept telling him, I just would say, like, buddy, Joe Burrow, just watch. Like, watch this. And as the season kept building and building, and the amount of times in that season where it would look slim, and I'd say, hey, just Joe Burrow, just watch what happens. And sure enough, now my, my nine-year-old cried at the in that Kansas City game at the end of it. He couldn't believe it. It was, like, it was like the greatest moment as a parent. I was like, holy crap, I just kept telling this kid Joe Burrow, and it actually worked. Like, uh, it was incredible. So I think I think that you, just watching the team, it's, it's different. You guys brought it up on your show the other day when you're talking about, you know, it's a, it's it's an entirely different team. Now I do agree. What's important about this game is if they just knock this nonsense out of the way and win this game, we don't have to have this like weird what's going to happen. Like we won't have that build. The, the the old the teams from the past. The issue was we had series of losses that we kept drawing back to. But this is in a different team, and uh, you know, it's a, I feel like Cincinnati's in this moment right now. You know, when a DJ like drops the base, where everybody's like, <laughs> oh, like, if they win this game, that base is going to drop, and the city's just going to lose it. It's going to be insane. And I, and I also think that if that happens, the coolest part about this is like, let's say we go into Tennessee the next week. I just think at that point, it's just this like frenzy of like, hey, we're going to win the Super Bowl. Like there's no we have we have literally nothing to lose at this point. The rave uh, is going to go all night long right, at that point, right? You're just waiting crazy. for the base drops and to kick the rave off. And everybody, even the biggest like, you know, the haters of the haters within Bengal Nation. The, it's like everybody involved i think if they win this game even those people are just like all right i'm in let's yeah. let's 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 rave this is it this is what we all want they all just you know they, they sat in the corner the whole time but then they yeah. cracked they cracked the it glow like, sticks and just started even going now, even then they're like all right this is fun let's go right like that's <laughs> that's where we're at and i think that it's at the point where even everybody's in everybody's dancing at this point and it's just a matter of we want mo saying i you know it'd be way more fun if this game was just a straight party all the time and there's not that lingering like tenseness of like oh my god what's gonna happen are we gonna miss this but i think at the end of the day I, it was my thing at our take at the 50 west thing was zach taylor the minute you brought zach taylor to our place i think it was his first interview he did publicly it was. this is what th- three years ago yeah that guy just got hired, hired. yeah I, I've said this to everybody since day one. He just had an energy about him that was dear. It was just like, look, he, he had this positivity. I'm like, that's a good guy. He just did some stuff there that was like just different. And then I know, I remember watching that Seahawks game and they were all high-fiving on the sideline and it was a totally different vibe. Of just this like, look, we're going to be positive. We're going to be positive. And as somebody that thinks that way, when your team's bad, you look like a crazy person when it's not going his way. And that's what Zach looked like for the last two years. But once that thing shifts, it just it gets fun and that's what we're watching right now. So 
there's just too many good things happening. You know, I think that uh, it's a great time to be a Bengals fan. It's fun. And uh, for, you know, the city of Cincinnati is about to get a base drop on itself. And we're all going to be you know, raving for the next three weeks. <laughs> ten years. It's going to be a ten year It could, it could, it could, it could be a ten-year rave. It, yes, the ten-year rave. That's <laughs> incredible. So... Oh man, it's okay. basically though. You just basically you and you and Zach Taylor are essentially the same guy, and you probably think and you kind of deserve some credit for all their success. At this point. Dude, I, no, I don't. I would say you know you you carried a lot of people uh, through the down the beach through the sand through the desert. Okay, where the where it went to one footstep. You know you've seen that right? Like it's because I carried you. Yeah, like you, let's be honest. You carried a lot of people through some dark times. I'll tell I'll tell you this though. It, it, there's a lot more believers out there than you would think. The amount of times I've been down, the, the amount of people that come up to me that'll like, I, we tailgate down there and some guy, some guy that happened to be parked next to us found out I was optimistic. Bobby, I, it was the funniest thing. Like my son's like, look at me, like, why is this guy so excited about this? There's a lot of people out there that are more optimistic. The problem is, it's that my, it's always, and this is the same with anything you deal with, but it's always that minority voice of the negativity that kind of like amplifies itself, right? So I think there's a lot of positive. And for whatever reason on Twitter, these last, these last few weeks, I feel like they're that positive. You're seeing that shine through amongst this fan base. And, you know, it's going to, it's going to be a fun time in Cincinnati. I, I'm, 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 it just, we just got to get to Saturday. Like it, it's, I, you know, I'm, I think I've read too much of the same stories over and over and over again. I want it Saturday to get here and uh, that base to drop and, and let's celebrate. Let's crack the clothes. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> That's actually probably not too far from the scene that will be happening at the banks, oh, at 50 West, at every brewery in every, the, in the city. <laughs> some lady wrote today about I was, I, there was just some lady was on there saying, you know, talking about our hair salon, everybody's talking about the bank. Like, I've never seen anything like this. You know, everywhere in Cincinnati, hair salons, nail salons, breweries, the whole scene. Yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be fun. So I assume the uh, the screens will be on at Fifty West on Saturday, yes, and yes, the party will yes. be rolling. Yes, yes, right. we will be. If you can find us, we have a secret. We have a secret Fifty West tailgate down in, uh, down in uh, at the stadium. We've been doing it all year. We're giving out our burgers and beer. Uh, we don't. We don't announce this. I'll just say we're in the north. One of the northeast tailgate lots. Uh, and we're very friendly people. So if you can find us, uh, come down, grab a beer from us, grab some food. Uh, it's it's a good time. Oh, Bobby, I love it. Uh, thank you for making the uh, the OU oh yeah beer. I found some, and I just ran yes. through. I just ran through the twelve. I actually I bought out Cappy's. Cappy's had three six packs left, and I think they might have been the last three pack, last three six packs in Hamilton County. And I think I, I own them, and now they're gone. But the but they were they were delicious, best. and uh, I, I hey I, I told I I I, I Twittered, uh Jay told him come down pick up a crowler we owe him from the crowler bed <laughs> I, he I, does got it you do we, we, we he he actually know, got it right so all right so, up, uh, as long as as long as you're down. good on that we'll make sure you're I'm clear good. I'm I'm good I'm and that's where we'll have the uh you know I guess what the post Super Bowl rave come down party will be at fifty West I don't know it's the whole city's party and we're not going to limit this thing to one place. Everybody in Cincinnati is about to have a real good time. Oh, you know, thanks, thanks to Joe Burrow. So, uh, all right. Well, hey, 
Hootay, thank you for having me back. I, I, you're making, making me feel valued here. And, and to all you Bengals fans out there, I hope you're ready for just the party of your life that you've been waiting 31 years to celebrate. <laughs> you are valued. And on behalf of all those that have been begging me to make sure we had you back on uh, for this moment, uh, thanks for carrying them uh, through the desert uh, and, and arriving at this oasis. So that they hope will be this oasis, right? It, yep. It, it, this is what we did it for. It's, it makes it all worth it. It's, it's not, if, you just, if you live in the oasis, Oasis all the time. That's no fun. No right? fun. That's just, it doesn't feel like the, the Oasis if you don't know what the other side feels like. That's right. And you do. All right, Bobby, you're the man. Appreciate it. Enjoy the game on Saturday. Try to enjoy the experience. Who day, buddy? Crack your glow sticks, Jay. Boom, boom, boom. That's right. Crack the glow sticks. Put on your very shiny gear. Put on, like, there's usually like furries and mascots at these raves. I this is not me speaking from like rave experience. I have zero rave experience, yeah, but I have same. made up in my head what a rave looks like. Uh basically solely from movies and like episodes of of Las Vegas. I'm pretty sure that's I'm pretty sure that that's what that's what it looks like. So all I know is crack the glow sticks time if it's uh if it goes down on Saturday. I feel like if there were raves in the 80s and 90s, I would have partaken. But, yeah, they, they came along a little bit past my prime. I, I love just the idea of having optimistic Bobby on. I mean, it's it's such a fur, full circle moment from the Thursday before the season opener to the Thursday before a playoff game. It made perfect sense to bring him back. And uh, I, I, I think he may have just erased all of my angst stats w- with, with his outlook on this game. We do not promote designer drug usage i would like to say i know that's associated with raves uh but i think people would feel like they're on a fair amount of uppers uh if the Bengals were to crack the playoff drought on saturday we don't promote them but we don't dissuade them either i mean if, <laughs> if, if you if you want to go ahead <laughs> oh jay we this is i don't know we'll let it go We'll let it go because uh, we've got we got a lot of other stuff to get to. Um, let's dive in. We're going to go run, pass, or boot. We're going to offer up a growler bet. We are going to have predictions uh, for Saturday's game, and then we're going to predict the entire rest of the playoffs. So let's we've got a lot to cover here still. So let's dive in. Run, pass, or boot. All right, Jay. What do we got for our first run, pass, or boot? We got a high low edition. Yeah, we'll start with the low. Um, what will be we're, – we're doing another confusing one here. We're going to start with the low, but what will be higher? Raiders pressures, Burrow yards per attempt, or yards per attempt, or Evan McPherson points? Well, I mean, I think you're going to see a fair amount of pressures. Um, I mean, you're, I think the pressures will be in double digits, you would think. Uh, just I, – I think that's typical – um, a stick of a Bengals game and of this Raiders game. So I'll, I'll put them in double digits. So I will run I will run with Raiders pressures. I think next will be Burrow yards per attempt, which I do think will be in the 9, 10 range. And then I will boot the boot again of McPherson <laughs> points and uh, say I think he'll kick a couple of field goals and have a few extra points. But I think, I think Burrow yards per attempt will be higher. Maybe I should have gone – Hits, quarterback hits instead of pressures. Um, 
but yeah, I agree. I, I, I think that I, I don't know how many times they're going to get home and sack him, but I think pressures will be higher. I'm going to go the other way though for, for the past. I'm going to go with McPherson. Um, I, I feel like I don't want to give too much away with my prediction, but I feel like this could be more of a, a lower scoring game where so they, they struggle in the red zone and they rely on Evan McPherson to, to get points. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with him for the pass and I'll, I'll boot Burrow yards per attempt, even though that sounds crazy because he's led the league in that stat. All right. So now we've got to have a high run passer boot. What do we got for our high run passer boot? Okay. So this one is what is higher. The Burrow passer rating Bengals rushing yards or the highest individual receiving total for a player on either team. And if you want, even though last game was so different, Burroughs passer rating in that first game against the Raiders was 92.3. The Bengals ran for 159 yards. And Darren Waller was the high receiver in that game with 116. Well, Burroughs passer rating has been up over 100 on pretty consistently here for a month and a half. Um, so this does make it hard. I'm going to say... I'm going to say Burrow passer rating. Run with that. I'm going to pass on high individual receiving total because I do think we'll have somebody uh, in the in the 90s, 100. I, I don't think we're going to see the Jamar Chase 266, but I, th- I do think somebody will probably get around that 100 mark. Um, but I think Burrow will be above that, and I think rushing yards will be just will be slightly below that. I think rushing. I don't know that rushing yards is going to cross 100 in this one. So um, those are my three. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to I'm going to run with rushing yards. I, I could see the Bengals uh, getting out to a lead and, and kind of just not running out the clock, but leaning on the run a little bit more. Um, I'm going to. I'm going to pass on the receiving total because I think if that is the case, the Raiders are going to be throwing a lot. And I could see either Darren Waller or Hunter Renfro getting up into the, into the between 120, 150, somewhere in that range. And I'll boot the Burrow passer rating. I, I, I know I say never bet against the trend, but it, it feels like at some point he's going to have to throw a pick four straight games without one. And, Every time you throw a pick, it it really dings your passer rating. So um, that's the way I'm going to go. I'm going to run with rushing yards, pass on receiving total, and boot Burrow passer rating. Okay. Um, All right. Let's get into the growler bet. Playoff growler bet. We just had optimistic Bobby on. He said, Jay, you can have the free beer, the crowler, the free crowler that you (laughs) earned last time. He's giving it to you. So there's good vibes in that area. So maybe today we will get a winner. I don't know if we will, but this week's Growler Bet, hashtag Bengals Growler Bet on Twitter or pdaner at theathletic.com with Growler in your header. You need to send me the time of the game when the winning team takes the lead for good. So that would be the time on the clock on the snap. That's in the game book, the time of the snap of the play where the winning team takes the lead for good. You need to be within. Five seconds of that time. Now, there are two stipulations for all you people who think you have an idea. You're listening right now. You've probably already half sent the email. You put your witty growler thing in the subject head, and you're ready to show me. Okay, inside one minute in the fourth quarter, if you say inside the last minute of the game, you have to be exact to the second. Okay? If 
you say inside the final five seconds. So you're thinking, I'll show you, Paul. Walk off, field goal for the win. McPherson at the gun, right? You need, if you say it's going to be inside the final five seconds of this game, you need to give me the distance of said play, whether it be touchdown or field goal, more than likely. Uh, and be within, what should that be within, Jay? I think three, three yards. yards. Three, three yards. Is yards. Fair. Be within three yards in either direction. So you've got a six yard window for that if you decide that you want to go that way. Other words, you are going for anywhere else in the game. You've got to be within five seconds of the time that the winning team takes the lead for good. And you can send those into hashtag Bengals Growler Bet or pdaner at theathletic.com with your answers. And if you win, Optimistic Bobby will give you some delicious 50 West beer uh, to be enjoyed in maybe, maybe, maybe in the glow of a team that has recently had a postseason victory. We shall see. All right, it's now time for our Growler Bet picks, though. First, Jay, what do you got? Um, it worked last week, so I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to go 11-11 of the second quarter. The Bengals are down 7-3. Joe Burrow throws a touchdown pass to take a 10-7 lead, and they ride it out from there. All right. Uh, I am going to go with, let's say, three minutes for a prime number. Three minutes to go. In the first quarter, wow! Right, at three minutes to go in the first quarter, the Bengals take the lead, and I don't. I'm with you. I don't think they give it up from that point forward. Um, that's where I'll stand with that. Which leads us to Saturday, 4:30 p.m. Paul Brown Stadium, Bengals Raiders. The Bengals have lost eight consecutive playoff games with this team is new this team is different this team has checked off every historical box hanging over the franchise all season that's all season long there's only one left there's only one box left uh well really one box there's a really <laughs> giant super bowl box that's still out there but let's start with this box um jay your prediction yeah i i, I wanted to go Bengals 20, Raiders 10 to kind of flip the Bo Jackson curse. That was the score of, of that game 31 years ago. The Raiders won 20 to 10 in LA. Um, but it's going to be a little higher scoring than that. Um, I've, I've got Bengals 26, Raiders 20. Bengals 26, Raiders 20, giving them the win, snapping the drought. Bengals move on. One score game. So you've got them, depending on when people got the number, covering or not covering because mm-hmm. it, it did drop you you said it would after the game when it opened at six and a half and it dropped down i've last i saw it was at five and a half i don't know if it still holds there but um so you, you're going right in between that number yeah i am saying Bengals cover Bengals 27 raiders 17 um i i just think they're the better team and i think at a certain point you got to put all the other stuff away you gotta, you gotta just understand what this team has done all year. This team all year has taken things that the outside wants to hold against them and overcome them, and it has not looked like a part of their fabric at all. I do not think any history holds over this team or Joe Burrow at all. 
And I think they're the better team than the Raiders. I think there's a lot working against the Raiders. I think the Bengals are ready for this moment. I think Joe Burrow is ready for this moment. And you mentioned the Thursday before the season. And Optimistic Bobby brought it up. And I'll bring it up one more time. Don't bet against Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. In the, the moment gets big, don't bet against Joe Burrow. The moment is big. And so I'm going to say the Bengals do it and snap the playoff drought as well. 27 to 17. Now, let's go further, Jay. Let's play out the AFC. What do you have the rest of this weekend? I have I have my my playoff predictions for every game that would be on the AFC slate all the way to the Super Bowl. Where you got? So we do these predictions in the athletic, and we did them all year long. We predict every single game, and we start. I, I came in last place. I don't know how that happened, but <laughs> <laughs> um, we started over for the playoffs, and I turned them in on Tuesday, and that was before I looked up the home and visitor stats uh, because I I picked for this weekend. I picked all six home teams, so I have the, the Patriots losing in Buffalo and I have the Steelers losing in Kansas city and that, that results in the Bengals going to Tennessee and it results in the, the bills going to Kansas city. And from there, I'm going to make people mad, but I'm going to pick Tennessee. I just, I think Derrick Henry is going to be back. Um, the, the Bengals get their one win. I, I still think I don't want to bet against Joe Burrow, but I, I think asking for a deep run this year is just a little beyond their reach. Um, on the flip side, I'm going to pick an upset. I'm going to pick Buffalo in Kansas city. Wow. And then you've got Buffalo at Tennessee and the Bills get revenge for the Music City Miracle. And the Bills are the team going to the AFC or going to the Super Bowl representing the AFC. Wow, you're taking Buffalo to the house. I am. I'm a big Josh Allen fan. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I mean I'm a Josh I'm I'm a Josh Allen fan too. Um but I don't, you know, I, I don't know that I buy Buffalo. I'm not I'm not totally in on on buying the Bills. I think the Bengals win this weekend. And I think they will go to Tennessee and win. Wow. I I, I do. Um I have Kansas City over the Steelers. I have Bills over the Patriots, although I'm I have the least amount of confidence in that game. That's to me is a coin flip and it could go either way. Um, which same as you would send the Bills to Kansas City. I have Kansas City beating Buffalo. I, I think Kansas City is still that team. I mean, think about what it took for the Bengals here to win that game. Mm-hmm. 266 yards by Jamar Chase, a third and 27, flags, all of it it took to beat Kansas City in that game. The idea of a team, you know, going to Arrowhead uh, in winning, I just, I don't, I don't see that happening. Uh, I think the Bengals beat Tennessee, Kansas City beats the Bills, uh, and I think in 
the AFC Championship game. The Bengals play in Kansas City, a rematch game, and Kansas City wins the rematch and goes to the Super Bowl. And from the NFC, I have Green Bay. Um, I just, I just, I just think Rodgers' last dance. It's all. It's all just going to play out. I think they finally break through this barrier. They've been in the NFC Championship game two years in a row. So I have Green Bay over Kansas City in the Super Bowl as my as my final prediction. Yeah, I'm the I have Green Bay, Green Bay Buffalo, and I've got Green Bay winning, beating Buffalo in the Super Bowl. Uh, another Super Bowl loss for the Bills. Interesting dilemma here. In the in the AFC, if we're, we're going to assume a Bengals win. So then you guys are all going to be partying and celebrating. You're going to go watch the Patriots-Bills game somewhere. I'm with Paul. I think this is going to be a really close game. And, and the the road team in that series has won three straight and four of six. So even though I'm picking the Bills to go to the Super Bowl, I could see the Patriots winning the game. If that happens, Bengals fans have a choice to make on Sunday. Do you root for the Steelers? Because if the Steelers win that game, the Bengals get a home a second home game. But if you root for the Steelers, do you really want this walking dead Steelers team that just won't die? Do you want them still around in the playoffs? Or do you just root for the Chiefs? And if that's the case, it would be Cincinnati. It would be the Bengals going to air ahead if the Patriots upset the Bills. I don't know if Bengal fans can root for the Steelers. I don't even know if that's possible, but... If it means a home game, maybe they do. There is no doubt you're rooting for the Steelers. The Chiefs <laughs> are the real the Chiefs are the real enemy here. Okay? That is the real team. There first of all, there's no way in hell this is happening. Okay. <laughs> None. So the, the but the Chiefs are the real enemy, not the Steelers. You're not afraid of the Steelers. There's nothing about the way those two Steelers games have gone this year that should leave Bengals fans afraid of that team you would love for that team to still be forget the past you would you would have erased the past at that point if you ever saw them and the the idea that would keep you from potentially ever having to go to arrowhead you are loving that idea i think you are you are absolutely in 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 love with it so yes and the potential of having a home game sure of course you would love the idea of that too you say no way in hell it's happening, but I mean, it, a Bengals win, a Patriots win, that's not that far-fetched just to, to get to that dilemma scenario on Sunday night. Steelers not winning that game. No, yeah, I know that. That's I'm saying not Steelers winning, just who to get into that position of who you would have to root for. Correct. I don't know. Yes, you, your brain says root for the – the Steelers, but I don't know uh, the, uh, these passionate Bengal fans. I don't know if they have it in them to actually root. Maybe they just turn, turn, don't watch the game and just say, "Let me know what happens after it's over." Yeah, don't if, if it's if it's really that painful to like actually root for Ben Roethlisberger, that's <laughs> fine. But you absolutely should be. There is there is no doubt about that. If they could possibly pull off the miracle of all miracles, all right, that will wrap up our exhausting. Uh, podcast coverage from this week. Uh, I'm ready to be talking about what actually happened in this, this game and less about uh, what could happen in this game as we now have uh, wrapped it all up again. Uh, Jay and I on the lead. If you want to go listen to that episode of the lead, it is up as well. Uh, we have all our podcasts. Uh, we had the Monday live Q&A. We, of course, had the Tuesday. Uh, and now this whole episode here 
for you all of our coverage, uh, the Joe Burrow leadership story, uh, the 31 years uh, of the drought, talking to all of those who have gone through it and what it meant to them and what it could mean to if this team could overcome it. Jay's sack story uh, is up. Jay's Q&A with Marvin Lewis up on the site. All of that, just go to any of those. Go to the link. Go, go to theathletic.com slash hear that podcast ground or any of those links, uh, and you can subscribe. If you are not a subscriber, highly recommend it. Um, and we will have – of course, the walkout uh, after the game on Saturday night up for you. Uh, and then we will have our live room Q&A on Monday still. We will still be on a Monday lunch break for that. We'll, we'll give you Sunday to recover from whatever whatever happened and, and let the walkout uh, serve for you that day. But we'll be back Monday with the live room and then back on Tuesday. So that is the schedule throughout this weekend. Everybody enjoy this weekend. Take time to enjoy it. Don't don't live in fear. Uh, try to embrace the moment. The Bengals are back in the playoffs. The Bengals have a chance to snap something that's gone on for three decades. Um, that should be a fun experience. I hope you all find a way to enjoy it. And uh, don't do any designer drugs. I don't care what Jay says. <laughs> Crack the glow sticks. Leave the drugs alone. Don't do drugs, kids. I think that's a good way to end this, Jay. With, with a truly wholesome message. That's what we're all about here. So thanks, everybody, for listening. To hear that podcast, ground. Have a good one.